Well, uh, so last week, you heard some pretty awesome stories of, of things God's doing. Um, and so today, I, I just want to talk a little bit more about God's power. Um, the next couple weeks, we're going to be looking at Romans uh, chapters 6, 7, and 8. And we're going to cover, I know like three chapters is a lot, but we're going to just sort of be looking at some, a couple different themes in there. Um, so we're not going to read all of six, all of seven, all of eight, discuss all three. We're going to do a little bit of six, a little bit of seven, a little bit of eight, and, and, be, and then do another part of six, seven, and eight next week, and we'll just, you'll figure it out. Hopefully I'll figure it out. Um, but I want to start in Romans chapter five, and then we're going to go into six. But this is uh, Romans five, starting at verse 21. It says, so just as sin ruled over all people and brought all of them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God shows us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. In fact, let's we'll work together in this. So anytime, because Romans, he says, of course not, all the time. So whenever, whenever we get to, of, of course not, I'll just kind of go like that, and you all say, of course not. Let's, so should, so uh, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you, you forgotten that we were joined with Christ in baptism, we joined with him in his death. For we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. You know, just as a quick aside, baptism is important. You know, uh, and it, it was a cool thing God did this week. I got to be involved in two baptisms that I didn't plan at the beginning of the week. Um, I had been talking to Lexi Parsons about being baptized, and we just hadn't got around to it, hadn't got around to it. We were out of the boat Thursday night. I was walking out of the building. Nick pulled up in his truck, and he's like, hey, you want to baptize Lexi? And I said, yeah, sure, when? And he said, oh, like 20 minutes. And okay, so we, uh, we headed over to Harden's house. Aaron was there, and uh, we got to to baptizer it was it was cool it was it was kind of reminded me of the time of in acts when when uh philip was with the ethiopian they were in the thing and and he came to christ and he said like how about now and so he said well pull the chariot over we'll do it and uh so that's what we did i have a picture of there we go and uh there's that was about what nine thirty at night um it was a good time we had fun uh, so, so Lexi got baptized. We had uh, some church family there, and it was, it was a good time. Then the next day, I've been talking to my, my neighbor, uh, Betty. Some of you might remember Betty. We, we helped her out oh, four or five, five years ago, helped clean her house up a little bit for her. And I've uh, been talking to her about Jesus for years. Um, and she finally said, uh, you know, hey, I, I believe in Jesus, and shouldn't I get baptized? And I, I said, yeah, yeah, you know. And so she said, 
well, I, I, I always want, I wanted to get baptized in the river. So I, I said, oh, you know, okay. She said, there's a, a special spot by the river that means a lot to me. So can we get, can I get baptized in the river? And I said, yeah, so we, uh, you know, but she was nervous. So I'd, I'd bring it up every once in a while. And no, 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 I'm not ready. And she finally said, you're just going to have to tell me when. And then, and so uh, Friday, no, Thursday, I saw her and I said, how about tomorrow? She said, okay, we'll do it tomorrow. And, uh, and the funny thing is she's jumped out of an airplane twice skydiving, but she was so nervous about, about this. And the, the other sort of funny thing of it is, you know, how many of you know we're, we're saved, but we're not perfect? You know, um, she, she was so, so nervous. She was like, before, before we went to, to get the, get her baptized, she said, you, you think I could have a, a cigarette to calm my nerves down? I said, yeah, yeah, I think that's all right. And so then she had that cigarette and then she had another cigarette and, and then we got there and let, let me tell you a little bit, Betty's has, is in real bad health. She can't, she couldn't walk from me to those chairs without like stopping and like breathing like I would if I just ran a mile as hard as I could. Um, and you know, she knows she shouldn't be smoking because it's not helping her at all, but she's like, you know, and she says, well, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm trying, but it's hard. And I said, that's all right. I overeat and I, I try, but it's hard, you know. Um, and so, like, it took everything we, it, it took, our, our family took her over. It took me and Bethany and Alex help, to help get her down into the water. And then the water took her breath away. And, uh, and I was like, I don't know if, you know, so I said, here, just sit down in the water. And so we sat her down like this. And I said, so we, and I just leaned her back and I knew that she couldn't, uh, she couldn't, I couldn't put her all the way under because it just wasn't, she wasn't going to be able to take that. And her, the back of her, something's wrong with her head and it's real tender and so I didn't want to touch the ground with it or anything and uh, so the beautiful thing about that was right when we went in to do that it started raining and uh, so so I, I said you know Jesus knew you needed to be baptized and he knew you wouldn't, weren't going to be able to get all the way under but he got you wet anyway he, he, he figured out a way to do it um, so we got so I, I got to baptize Betty in the river the other day. And that was that was that was cool. So it was a cool couple of days. Um, but you know, the, this is the thing that other thing with Betty that she she lives upstairs, and she has such a hard time breathing that to to get upstairs she has to crawl up the stairs, like she and she said I have to crawl up the stairs like a a little toddler. And I just thought, you know, for as hard as it was for her to get to the river, it, I mean, it literally took multiple of us to get her there. She had to crawl to get back to her, her house, but she wanted baptized that bad. And I thought, man, 
I know a bunch of Christians that have been Christians a long time, and if they're a little bit too tired, they won't even come to church. And, uh, and yet she crawled to get to the river. Man, like, uh, yeah, like, whoo. Like, it just made, you know, it just, it challenged me. Like, you know, I, I mean, you know, it was, you know, she, and then she had to have a cigarette afterwards, but she, and she was so terrified, she was shaking. But I thought, man, you know, that going after Jesus, you know, none of us are perfect, but, but the, the desire in her heart was, was so strong, she was willing to, to do it even though she was terrified. And, uh, and even though it, it cost her a lot more than it, you know, cost a lot of people to come to church or get baptized or whatever, so... Oh, it was a challenge for me. And the cool thing was Sunday, uh, after, after we did that, she was sitting on the porch smoking her cigarette. And she said, she said, well, that's, I got, finally got baptized. And uh, I said, yep. I, said, I was like, I'm you know, so proud of you. She's like, she's like, so what's next? And uh, I was like, I don't know. We'll try and get you to church sometime. She's like, all right, we'll, we'll, shoot, we'll shoot for that next. So just, I love the fact that, I mean, her steps are baby steps, but she's wanting to move forward. And I love that. I love that. But uh, all that to say, he's saying baptism is important. That baptism, it, it doesn't save you, but it's how you identify that you've joined your life to Jesus. That when we go in the water, that we it represents when we go down in it represents us dying to ourselves. That I'm no longer living for me. It's us identifying that when Christ died, our old life, who we were before Jesus, it, it's gone to. It's hidden in Jesus. So then he goes on to say, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by His glorious power of the Father. Now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. It's us saying, you know, my old life is gone. It, 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 who I, my old sinful life, it died with Jesus on the cross. So, by the way, if you haven't been baptized, if you want to get baptized, one thing I've learned this past week is we can do it today. Um, I, I'd, I'd love for you to, to do it here in church in front of brothers and sisters, but shoot, we got, we got water all over the place. We'll make it happen. But it says that when we were baptized, when we came up out of the water, that we were saying that we were raised from the dead, that, that our we were raised to life in, in Jesus. But then he goes on to say this, and this is where power comes in. And this, he says this. He says, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. All right, just, we're going to stop right there. I'm going to read that again. And I want you to take in the weight 
of that statement. He says, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We're no longer slaves to sin, for when we died with Christ, we were set free. We were set free from the power of sin. That says sin has no power over you. Say this. Sin has no power over me. Sin has no power over me. Say it again with a little bit of conviction. Sin has no power over me. One more time, like you actually believe it, like it's in the Bible and God spoke it to you. Sin has no power over me. Uh, that's that's mind-blowing. If your life is has been given to Jesus, then sin has no power over you. When Jesus died, when he was raised, he canceled sin's power over you. Because sin has no power over you, death has no power over you. So many people are afraid of death, but you don't have to be because death, although your body's gonna experience it, death has no power. Death has no power because sin has no power over you. If you are in Christ, sin has lost its power in you. Sin has no power over you except the power that you give it. He says, don't let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to its evil desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument, to serve, uh, instrument of evil to serve sin. And that's an interesting picture to me. This idea of, uh, think about your body parts. Which ones do you use to sin? To serve sin. He says, don't let your body become an instrument to sin. Well, think about the sin you struggle with. Which parts of your body do you use to serve sin? He says, instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. Do you believe that? Do you really consider yourself dead to the power of sin? Do you really believe that you have a new life? That you're dead to sin and alive only to Christ Jesus? You know, most Christians would say, yeah, yeah, sure, I believe that. But do you really? See, I, I find myself thinking sometimes, man, I just don't know if I can overcome that temptation. Man, I don't know if I can ever fully stop that. It's just part of who I am. So then I allow for my body to be an instrument, a tool used for evil. And I look in places I ought not be looking and I start acting in ways that I ought not be acting and speaking in ways I ought not be speaking. 
and doing things I ought not be doing. You know, you hear people say, that's ah, just part of my family. That's the way my family is. It's in my genes. My whole family is like that. Or, you know, oh, well, well, we all got a temper in my family. That's just part of who I am. So I allow my body to become an instrument for evil. You allow your mouth to become an instrument of wickedness. Your Christians say, I know I should stop, but I don't think I can give that up. Does that sound like somebody who's considering themselves dead to sin? Does that sound like somebody that has victory in Jesus? Or does that sound like someone who's just kind of resigned themselves to living in defeat? I mean, you hear a lot of Christians talk like sin still has power over them. And it doesn't. It doesn't. Sin's lost its power. I mean, think about it in, in just some real concrete ways. Why aren't those lights working? Anyone? Anyone? They don't have power. Why don't they have power? Because there's no power. <laughs> so the only power that those lights are going to have is the power I give it. This is the same deal with us. Paul just said sin doesn't have any power over you. No power. Can't do anything to me. The only power that it's going to have is when I give it power. That light will brighten up my face if I turn it on. Sin will have control in my life if I let it. But if it doesn't have power... Not going to work. Doesn't have power. I choose. Paul says in Romans 6.16, he says, don't you realize that you become a slave of whatever you, get the word here, choose to obey. You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. And look, it's a struggle. I get that. Nobody's perfect. Holiness is not a destination that we reach someday. It's a journey that we are on our whole life. And that journey towards holiness is a struggle. And Paul's going to deal with that in just a second. But it's just a change in the way that we think about it. 
It, it, it's, a, it's a change in our perspective. It's a change in our worldview. If I start thinking and living like, you know what, that sin doesn't have any power over me. If I would walk through my day thinking that, it might change the way I walk through my day. If, if temptation comes my way and I think, you know what, it doesn't have any power over me, it's not going to be something that I'm like, oh, well, I, that's just who I am. That's just the way I am. That's just what I got to do because that's who I am. No. It's a new worldview. So do we, do we just, when we think about it, do we consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ? He says, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Don't let any of your part become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. What if I decided, you know what? I'm just going to commit that part of my body that I normally use for sin. What? I'm just going to commit that to Jesus. Now, wake up this morning and say, God, I, I commit my mouth to you. God, I commit my hands to you. Now, you just to dedicate it to the Lord. My mouth. Lord, you know, I say some pretty unloving things sometimes. So I, I, give, my, I give you my mouth today, Jesus, so that my mouth can be a, a tool used for you. My mind. Some of the things I think about. Philippians 4.8 says, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable. If anything's excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Some of the things I choose to think about aren't those things. Maybe when you start down a particular train of thought, you just stop and pray, Lord, I give you my mind right now. I'm going to dedicate my mind to you. Not to think about those things, but to think about your thing. There's a, pray, a prayer that I pray sometimes. It's an old prayer from like the 1500s. Um, it's out of a book called The Book of Hours. But I, I like this prayer. It's, a, it's God be in my head and in my understanding. God be in my eyes, God be in my looking, God be in my mouth, God be in my speaking, God be in my heart, God be in my thinking, which I always think is, is interesting because you would think that God would be in your thinking up here, but let's face it, we pretty much do our thinking with, with our hearts a lot. So God be in my heart, God be in my thinking, God be in my hands, God be in my reaching, God be in my soul, God be in my seeking. God be in my steps, God be in my wanderings, God be in my mind, God be all-consuming. He says, instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life, so use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sometimes I pray that prayer and I just kind of go head to toe 
Like, God, let my mind be used for you. God, let my eyes be used for you and what I'm looking at through the day. God, let my mouth be used for you and the things that I say. God, be in my hands, the things that I reach for. May it be things that please you. God, be in my steps and direct, direct my path. But look, like I said, it's a struggle. It's a tension. You know, a couple weeks ago we talked about there's just this tension of being a Christian that, that you're living for Christ, but you're also living in a sinful world with a sinful nature. And, you know, sin may not have power over you, but I don't know about you, but there are days when I feel like I don't have much power, when I feel weak, when I struggle. You know, last night, for whatever reason, I couldn't go to sleep, didn't go to sleep till like 1.30 in the morning. And I knew my alarm was gonna go off at 4.30 in the morning so I can get here and pray for a while. Three hours of sleep, you wake up, you don't feel strong and ready to fight, fight the day. You feel ready to roll back over and go back to sleep for a few hours. That's what you feel like. You know, there's days where you just get up and you're like, ah, you just don't feel like, you know, you have power, like you, where you can confidently say to the devil, well, ah, sin has no power over me. You're like, I don't know. <laughs> but that, that's when these next few verses just feel so real. I remember being, I don't know, probably about 12. And these verses just, he says this, Romans 7, 15. He says, I don't understand myself. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Verse 19, he says, I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what's wrong, but I do it anyway. I don't know if any of you ever felt like that. Romans uh, 7, 21. He says, I've discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that's still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Anybody ever feel like that? Or you, you know sin has no power over you. You know you have victory. You know you're in Jesus. But there's this war going on in your head. And it just feels like you don't, it feels like sin still has that power over you. And I think we can all agree with Paul, that's a miserable feeling. When you're like, why am I doing this? Even in the middle of doing it, you're like, why in the world am I doing this? When you're like, how did I let myself do that? But see, there's a difference between struggling with sin and just giving into it. As long as we're living on this earth, in this life, it's going to be a power struggle. Sin may not have power.
power over you, but there's always going to be that power struggle. You know, like, uh, you know, like, we know we have, we know we're we're the ones that have power because we have Christ's spirit, but it's a fight some days. Sin has no power over me. But as long as we're in this life, sin will be fighting against us to get that power back. And it's a struggle. It's a miserable struggle. But here's, here's where the freedom comes in. Here's where the power and the victory come in. He says, oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. He says, you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. But check out the next verse. So now, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. He says, you see how it is in my mind? I really want to obey his law, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin, but there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. I, I, I know that I have, sin doesn't have any power over me, but it's a struggle and I screw up and I mess up all the time, but thank God there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. You may struggle, you may fail. I know I fail all the time. You may do great one day, fall on your face the next. But if your old life is gone and your new life is hidden in Jesus, there is no condemnation for you. There, there's no guilty verdict for you. There is no be, sentence of death for you. Because as long as you belong to him, this is, what, this is what he says. This is right after that. He says, there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus because you belong to him. The power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. It's not you that are doing it. It's his spirit in you that does it. Death has no victory because sin has no victory. And sin has no victory because sin doesn't have its power in you. And sin doesn't have its power in you, not because of anything you did, but because of who lives in you. Because all victory, all power, all freedom belongs to Jesus Christ. Sin had no power over him when he walked the earth. And his spirit, his life-giving spirit, is in you, living in you. So Jesus, the holy, spotless, sinless Jesus, Paul says his life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. You are free. So live in it. Live in it. Through his spirit, 
you have power over sin. You're free. Live in it. Today, as you walk out that door, and this week, as you go through your week, just remind yourself of that verse. Sin has no power over you. Tell yourself that a lot. Sin has no power over me. And then live in it. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Let's pray.